Jason, were you aware that chimps don't cry? I uh, I was not aware of that. Is, a, is that a, a scientific fact there? Um, I'm going to pass it off as yes. Wait, my name's wrong. Hold on. Whose legend starts to fade. Don't fade. In sadness, you will hear them as they wail. But they don't have no tear ducts, so their face can't tell the tale. In the heart of the jungle, right, you're, you're just trying to beat us into the ground already. Uh, but thank you for joining us this Thursday afternoon, a sunny afternoon in New York City. Ooh. Uh, for episode 70 of Granny's Peach Tea. We're grannies now. We are grannies. We are, look, we are so grannies. I think Soldier Boy wants to bang us, Ed. I wouldn't be shocked at this point. I really wouldn't. Yeah, thanks for joining us on this Thursday afternoon. If you're joining us for the live show, uh, if you're joining us on the Facebook live stream or stream at all, uh, YouTube, if you're joining us on Pop Culture Pros or Twitter on Pop Culture Pros, or wherever you found your podcast through Pop Culture Pros, thanks for joining us. we got some cool shit to get into this afternoon. A lot of TV, no movie yet, but there is a big movie dropping today. Oh, yes. We will be talking about next episode. Uh, yeah, we're opening up with Chimstone Cry by Crimson Countress from The Boys a couple episodes ago because we used to music this week. So, yeah, you know, kind of all, the, all the shows kind of failed us music wise. But hey, you know what? Crimson Countess came through. R.I.P. the Crimson Countess and yes, half of Soldier Boy's team at this point. Yeah, they're, they're dropping like flies, man. Just one by one, they're totally dropping like flies. <laughs> They, yeah, they they absolutely are. Um, you know, you know what I just realized as I was noticing that I needed to talk about something while you were uh, <laughs> sending the show out is that I have not. I I actually forgot and blocked it out of my memory that I was supposed to continue watching <laughs> Baywatch Nights because oh man, that was painful. So I have no. You know what? I got to get back on that. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll be on hiatus in the next couple two weeks. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get back on that. That way, I'll have a more organic way to uh, to fill the silence, to fill the void. Um, speaking of filling a void, uh, we got we have a, a, a lineup tonight, my friends. Uh, we're gonna start with the Flash, right? Where we start with the the CW stuff, and there's a lot to pick apart in the Flash. A lot to <laughs> like. A, I'm gonna be like a vulture at the Flash. This, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, then we got the boys. We got post herogasm, so we get to see, the, you know, herogasm lived up to the hype, I believe. So now, like, where do they go from there? We'll see if they've they're gonna level up, as hopefully no one of the boys will ever say. Uh, and then finally, we're gonna end it off with our our MCU tribute, uh, the Miss the episode of Miss Marvel. All right, yeah. So let's let's just jump right into it. And and you want to know some, Jason? You could either. Watch Baywatch Nights. Don't watch Baywatch Nights. Whatever you want to do, man. It's it's all good. I there part of there's a part of me that does miss the insanity because I'm sharing out the show and I'm like, what did you just say? No, I started like I started something. I got to finish something. All right. no, that's... I, I I just needed a break because that show got really abysmal. And I and remember I was excited about the abysmal parts, but it was abysmal in all the wrong way. And I was kind of like, ooh, that first season was way more fun. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, we've had in some of our other shows that we cover oh, on a regular basis, yeah. too. Oh, Speaking yeah. of which, let's kick it off. Let's get into our CW show. 
Oh, but we're not gonna have one for a while, man. So, so this is it—the season what? eight finale uh-huh. of the Flash. All right, what do we got? Star Girl picks up next, right? Yeah, but they keep on throwing out coming soon, coming soon, vague dates. Uh, the thing I, I shared an article on our Facebook page that said the rumor is the fall because they don't have any other shows oh. for the fall. So the CW wants like their there was only uh, four of these shows because that godforsaken Gotham Knights fiasco oh, right. that they're promoting is yeah. coming soon too. So more more Batman without Batman. That's that's exactly what'll save the CW. <laughs> Or an afternoon delight. Rick Sedra is joining us here. Rick, thanks for joining us, man. Always appreciated. So, uh, yeah, what's up? What's going on with our favorite speedster? And I guess he's the fastest man alive again? I guess. I guess. This episode's a mess. Like, from a writing standpoint, from an ending this story arc standpoint, I'm putting that in heavy quotations because a story arc is stretching it. Like, the, the time disease was the story arc. That was the follow through. That was the thing that tied all these episodes together. This convoluted bullshit time disease that was just a trap from the beginning. I mean, come on. Jason, are you saying it's a trap? It's a trap. Exactly. <laughs> Where was Admiral Ackbar? You know what? He wasn't watching this because he's smarter than me. And and me. But so we so let's get to the let's get to the most egregious thing I I feel in this episode is Hey, guys, remember how you thought Iris was dead? Well, she's alive (gasps) through magic. Okay, fine. We all saw that coming. I'm actually going to give it, as much as I hate seeing Damien Dark over and over and over again, like every every time the show goes, we don't know what to do. Aha, Damien Dark will take care of it. Write him in there. You know what's funny? I like the actor that plays Damien Dark. I do, too. I I really enjoy him. I love him on Legends. I think that's where that character shines. Legends. I I enjoyed him and and Damien Dark and Arrow, and I actually caught. Um, I was on FX. Uh, Captain America: The First Avenger was here, which I keep on forgetting he was even in. Oh, who is he in this? Um, he's oh shit. He's one of the Howling Commandos. Uh, name is okay. not coming to me right off the top of my head, but he's like the main Howling Commando. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, no, he's everywhere, dude. He's all over comic book stuff, movies, TV Good. shows, everywhere, and he's, he's even in. Guys. Rick, I know Rick is watching right now. Rick, he's even in Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> I'm believe, pretty sure he's M. Bison in that. Which, which, as we know, is that is the most important text here at Granny's Peach Tea. <laughs> yes, and apparently it is. I feel like we're getting pressured into covering it one day. Uh, eventually, we'll have to. Well, that well, look, eventually we'll have to do a Street Fighter coverage because it's probably the only way I'll actually see the first Street Fighter movie because I've never seen it. Oh my god, dude! I I saw that in the Ridgewood with Burr and Steve and Edmund and all these guys. We were so excited and then so pissed off when, yeah, when we I, left. I heard about it. Oh my god! Yeah, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> all right, so back to the Flash. So I, I'm going to applaud the setup of this because we did see an episode in the beginning of the season where Damien saves Joe. They have a, a dad moment. He gives him the time stone or whatever it is that that he gives him, and like you know, and da- that's where Damien's living now. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right, Damien pulls Iris into there. Okay, you set this up. I'm going to give you that. But then she escapes through a rousing speech. It, it would be like this. Okay, it would be like if I went to you, Ed, and I said, Ed, I know at this moment you need ten million dollars. 
And you know what? I'm going to say you can get that $10 million. You know how I know? Because I've known Ed Camus since high school. And no one I've ever met since high school has ever wanted $10 million more than you. And you need it right now. So, Ed, you have that $10 million. Magic. That's literally it. Because Damien Darko gives pretty much that speech to Iris about being able to escape the time stone. And she just goes, yeah, you're right. And escapes the time stone. So, I mean, I don't even know if Handwave is does it justice. No, that's bad writing. That's yeah. bad. Handwave is Damien Darko. Damien Dark. I always say Darko. Damien Dark going, hey, um, I knew this day would come because I told Joe, you'll need this someday. And I brought in this Huzuma Watsis potion that'll give you the power to harness your inner love icon to, to, to connect with. That's Handwave. Because that's the writers going, yeah, why not? I can't think of anything better. No one's going to question it. And they're right. I feel this like wasn't even that. I feel like this show, when they don't know what to do, like you're talking about, like really bad writing, they just throw in, oh, Barry and Iris love each other. And right. that's, and love conquers all. And, and that's, yeah, exactly. And it's just poor writing. Like, give, okay, you very clearly said they are separate. They, they cannot feel each other in the universe. Therefore, their love connection is severed. You made that a conflict point. Now you have to resolve how they connect and not just you could always connect, bruh, sister. You know, like that doesn't that's not fair because then it's never really a conflict. Then why is anyone even pretending they're in danger? Why didn't Iris just wake up and go, fuck this shit? I read the script, click. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it's true. Just anything. Anything could be solved by their love. And it sucks. It's just right. this is where we're at. We're in a late season eight. The 20th episode, they're running out of steam, clearly. Uh, they've no, they've run out of steam. We they we are Ronnie. we're now we are now all the, the 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 riders of this train pulling it on wow. the track. Yeah, like the, the, the M train used to. Yes, exactly. And, and, and part still does. Yes, it's true. <laughs> but uh and like and so let's go to the second thing, which is less egregious because at least there's a hand wave. Right, and that is Cecile's ultimate leveling up, and the reason that she all of a sudden became a literal goddess, yes. and that's because hey, B Bashir is here. Hey, remember Bashir? You saw a negative Bashir. It's the same actor, and they're wearing the same clothes. I was actually convinced half this episode he was playing her, and it's kind of stupid he wasn't. But he gave all of the, the divine's powers to her, so he she could give it back to him and save the day. Now, at least that's a hand wave because they tried to pretend to explain it, but mm -hmm. that's still dumb. Yes, it's like, Jason, here. Here is this thing. I'm going to give it to you so you can just give it back to me. All right? Right. Let's do this. Yeah, it's it's like you come, you come up to me with, like, a gun and you go, you'll know when to give this back to me. And then you disappear. And, like, Ed's on the run. Ed and Edge here have gone by, They're off the, off the map, you know? It's, and then all of a sudden, like, you show up and it's like, nah, we're on an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I need that gun back. I'm about to kill James Mason. And it's like, all right, now I understand it. That's kind of what it was like. Except minus the James Mason and the Alfred Hitchcock stuff. <laughs> so minus the interesting stuff. It's done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but, the Cecile thing was really disappointing, and then like uh, it was a top, and uh, I forgot the other girl's name that, that the other meta that she took the power. Psychic from. one and psychic two—that's what I call them. Yeah, they just—I uh, don't know. 
Uh, it seemed like they were doing something interesting with, with uh, Cecile, and then they're like, nah, just kidding. She's, she's back to the bench again. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of times... Okay, so then that's Cecile, and then now she's back to normal, but now she can, like, I don't know, levitate shit? Now she has the Force? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, that's, you know, you know when heroes started to really go down, it was when everyone started switching powers and getting new powers, just saying. Uh yeah. All right, so then um, we have the entire Allen family coming uh, coming back to stop Barry from murdering Thawne, which I thought okay, that was cool. I, I like to see Barry enraged. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Grant Gustin s- still has it in playing this character. I just don't think they give him much to do with it anymore. Um, ha- hashtag cast Grant Gustin and get rid of Ezra Miller. Uh, <laughs> Jason, you are team Grant Gustin in the DCU. I, I I'm not the thing is I'm not saying that I'm like I, I don't I don't disagree with you. It would be an interesting way for them to write him in and he switches universes and you know what I mean. To make it make sense within the storyline would probably be a pain in the balls, but I would even say this, he doesn't have to be this flash. Let him be whatever the Ezra Miller flash is flash was gonna be with his twist on it. And it's the fucking multiverse. You know why he looks like Grant Gustin in, in, in the flash shows? Multiversal shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think there's something interesting there that they could write into it to make it happen, and I would be all for it. I just, I, I don't know. There, that's a whole different subject. But like, it they're is. just fucked. Warner Brothers is so fucked because it seems like they finally have a really good solo Flash movie on their hands that they've been trying yep. to get out for like it feels like as long as Black Adam, and now they can't put it out now. They have PR problems surrounding. Yeah, because what are they gonna do with it? Because look, you even you put that out. I have to see it morally. I'm gonna have a problem because Ezra Miller's. You know, I, I don't. I don't financially support people who mess with children. Like I like yeah. if I disagree with what someone does, I simply don't support them financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would have with with Ezra Miller and, and everything's coming out and what he's done. I'm. I would have a hard time giving my money. I would probably try to pirate that movie and then like buy something from Warner Brothers that I already own just to even the playing field. <laughs> You've given us some thought. You've given us some thought, my friend. <laughs> I have. I have because I don't. You know, I, there's only so. Yeah, I, I and I and I like Grant Gustin. I think he has done a great job with the role. I mean, whatever. I I, I understand you're going to want to put someone else in there. I'm just like. You know, that was the argument when they hired Ezra Miller, right? We need someone new. We need someone this and that. And look how that turned out. You know who's not going to turn around and be a fucking pedophile or a child bride or a kidnapper? Grant Gustin. You know why? He's too busy last nine years playing The Flash. That's that's a good point. That is a good point. People wanted Grant Gustin immediately. And then yes, we got Ezra Miller and then a lot of us were like, all right, you know, and, we'll, and I, we'll deal. And I see the people that like, like I know the, the guy that, the guy from the Umbrella Academy's name has been thrown in the ring. And it's like, why do they all have to look like sad, waifish white boys? Like, why can't yeah. they be, why can't they be a wholesome looking person or like Grant Gustin or or take a new spin on it? Like, why do they have to have the Ezra Miller look? I don't even think that the look of that flash was that spectacular. No, not at all. And I'm whatever. You can just recast. Movies have recasted forever. I know we have a multiverse going on in comic book movies these days, and it seemed like where you know they they have trusted the audience to be able to handle that. But we could also handle a recasting when you say there's a recasting. Right. It's okay. Like, shit happens. What are you gonna do? 
I kind of wish they would just do on the screen what they did on uh, soap operas because I used to, I told you I used to watch General Hospital when I was doing my uh, grad school because yeah. it was a way to shut my brain off. And whenever a new character just took on the the role, a new role, right, or a new uh-huh. actor took on a new role, they wouldn't tell you. They would just be their face would be in the 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 credits in the opening, and they'd come out, and then you would just hear it over like such and such is now taking over the role of Jason Morgan, and, and then that would. That would go. So that's what I would like. Just fucking cast whoever you're going to cast. Have him walk in and go, hey, Batman, and then pause. Give me just that five seconds of talk over. <laughs> Done. We're all on board. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That would be so great. Uh, um, all right. So, all right. Let's still, all right. We got to, we got to get through more. Let's, of this, get, let's uh, get to the nitty gritty of the Flash, though, because the, the main storyline was. What we were texting about and had some issues, real. Yeah, issues I, mean, look, I mean, there's like, issues with everything in this. That's the. But all right, so, um, so the whole thing is, is that <clears throat> Barry fucked over the negative forces by cutting off Thawne from the negative speed force because Thawne was not someone. They've retconned Thawne completely in a in a stupid way. I feel. Yeah. Um, Thawne is not someone who's become so obsessed with Barry Allen. He became the negative version willingly. He was secretly chosen as the avatar of the negative speed force because of his hatred for Barry. And then him and Barry, and then and then the negative forces bound together and they put Thawne in this black suit and make him like the ultimate reverse flash, whatever garbage it was. He looked even worse in that suit than he did the yellow one. And, and then they fight. And then at some point I have a note that the Flash catches a, a jet falling from the sky. Eddie, I don't know if you caught that. It's a blink and you miss it. Yeah, I, I unfortunately did see that. And it's absurd. And that's, Even that, for and, this, it's absurd. No, absolutely. I stopped and went, I've literally watched him fist fight a dinosaur in Times Square or whatever the hell Square is in, in the city he's in. And I'm like, that is not the This is the most ridiculous and absurd thing. Yeah, it is. But yeah, and so then that's it. And then the then the at the end, the forces, the, the way Barry beats negative, evil, whatever you call Black Thorn is. Oh, I like that Black Thorn. Uh, but he is he sits cross-legged and says, "I guess the spirits will take care of this." And then there's lots of lightning, and then there's a tidal wave that's killing everything. And then Barry's inactivity and love question mark foils okay. that plan and brings it back in. I, I don't know. I, like, I guess the reason I was avoiding talking about the storyline is because I was confused by it. I have no idea what what the hell happened. Jason, the end, uh, the end, the big battle in this in this episode with Flash and Thawne and whatever we're gonna call him, Black Thawne, if we want to call him that. It is number one. Tom Cavanaugh, we love him as an actor. He's fantastic. Like that he just looks ridiculous in these mm-hmm. reverse Flash suits they keep putting him in. I don't know. I mean, I, the guy appears to be in some solid shape, and I think it's kind of a reminder of why these studios and everything spend all this time to get these actors in re- completely insane shape to look like superheroes and to be in physical shape of superheroes. When they put on the costume, they need to have a certain look to it. Otherwise, it looks kind of ridiculous. And, and that's say, kind of what he looks a little re- pretty ridiculous in this. A hundred percent, and it's not his fault. I mean, no. I think some faces—it's his face. Yeah, he looks faces, like smushed, right? Some faces look good in a superhero mask, and some don't. And, and you know, the guy who played Thawne, the the, the Reverse Flash, Thawne, right? Yes, he's he's got this angular face and this chin that juts out. Yep. You know, so like, 
I understand. Now I understand. We've always said, how come they've maintained the two? I get it. Because I think acting-wise, uh, you know, Blackthorn, I think is the, the guy. that guy is a better actor. No, Tom actor. Cavanaugh is a better actor. He's fantastic. And we've seen him play so many iterations of different multiversal wells. I mean, I, I missed him this season. I wish we got more from him. And the guy who plays Reverse Flash is a good actor. But, you know, again, he's there for the look. And I think... They realized they must have forgotten. Yeah, never put never put Kevin on a suit. Yeah, that's a huge mistake. And and back to the battle itself, though. Besides the, it's like when did Barry Allen and Thawne start being able to throw lightning at each other? Not like the one where he spins around and gets that huge lightning bolt. That I get. But now it's just like lightning, lightning. Like they they both look like fucking the Emperor at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, and they're just throwing lightning at each other. I'm like, you guys were speedsters. What the fuck is all of this? Yeah. And it was so... And you're right. A lot of it didn't even make sense where Barry just, like, goes zen and starts, like, meditating, and he wins. Yeah, for reasons. Like, I mean, I guess because the the forces took over his body, but he didn't... Even if, like, it was just the fact that, okay, the forces hand wave, the forces, they're that strong... Um, Barry didn't know they were back. Barry was just sitting down because he was like, "Now nah, I'm done. I'm chilling. You can if I don't fight you, no one dies." It's like what? Oh yeah, because they were the city. Pretty much, Iris shows up and tells him, "Like, dude, you guys are destroying the city. There's a lot of with your battle going on here. There's a lot of collateral damage." Which I can see that makes sense because they they were showing that. But then that's the answer, and that's how he beats them. Despite right, uh, it's a lot. This this was immensely disappointing of a finale and these last two episodes because remember we were on board for a little while there they kind of had us back a little bit like oh you know see yeah. the flash isn't so bad oh wait the flash is good oh wait eh, maybe and now you've kind of really shit the bed in the finale for sure for sure um and and, and you know i think the fact is there were maybe four good flash episodes buried in these 20 like i don't think there were a lot I think I think you and I got excited over possible it possibly I think there were nuggets we got excited about but I think yeah. if we're talking like full episodes I'd say four four good full episodes tops. Yeah, and if you're you're pumping out good four good episodes out of 20. Sorry, right. Sorry and look, and I think the biggest problem with this season is the forces again. Like why are you bringing the forces back? Like I I thought it was cool, like guy Dion at first, like, you know, how we how they found it. But, like, now that I'm watching, I'm like, this actor can't pull off being a huge big bad every season. He's not, not the good. Guys, he's not good. He, he's not. Uh, he, I mean, I, I don't think he's terrible. I wouldn't, like, shit on him. But it's like, you know, he was fine for when they first had him for what he was doing when they introduced him. But, like, now you're making these forces and him, the, he's the main force. It's like... What are you doing? I don't care about the forces. No, me neither. And I really hope that they let that go. My problem, though, was the setup for next season for season nine was when, which I thought was, I thought it was a clear setup. Was they're like, well, you know, now that Thawne is done, the negative speed force has to choose a new avatar. And I'm like, so you're telling me we're gonna get, uh, you're gonna get another fucking version of the Reverse Flash. That is not Thawne. Right. Oh, and, and also, by the way, Fast Track was just like, oh, I don't have my speed anymore. Okay, bye. Have a good day. See you later. Oh, yeah, right. I, for, I forgot about her. Yeah, I think I, they will, too. 
I, I think this is my this is my throwing throwing it out there just on the three percent chance. I think I have a three percent chance of this being it. You know who I think the new avatar is? Diggle. Oh. Diggle. Why not? Yes. At, at this point, they don't know what the fuck to do with Diggle. So whatever. You, did you think I was going to say Mojo? Yeah, I kind of thought Mojo was coming, or or yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I was or Allegra. If you were going to actually say, remember Allegra? Remember she's I don't actually. No, yeah, I think I te- and I texted you. I did more. I did more work in saving the day by watching this episode than Allegra did in this episode. Allegra did nothing. When does she ever? She did something in one episode this season. It's true. It's true. So, all right. Well, whatever. Obviously, our overall thoughts on season eight. Yeah, disappointing Wait, but, season again. But we, we, are missing, we are missing something important because how what how it really ends is. What's coming out of the cryo freeze chamber? Oh, that's it, right. I forgot it, about that too. Is it is it Killer Frost or is it someone new? Ooh, I mean, it's so, what a stupid. Thing. They needed to resolve this before the series was over. Before Jason, the season was over, I kept forgetting about this storyline throughout these yes. last couple of episodes because they keep cutting back to it in the last two minutes of the show. Like the yes. post-credit scene, that yeah. the fake post-credit scene they do. You, and I'm gonna, all right. I'll throw my my guess for that. I think we're actually gonna get a more comics accurate Killer Frost. Like she's actually going to be Killer Frost and evil, like a villain, like the way she's supposed to be. Or I'm just maybe or is it wishful thinking on my part? My part. No, I mean, I'm hoping that honestly. I I was thinking that, and the only reason that I that I would go no, it's it's because it's season ten of the Flash. Like <laughs> that would you would still need to have some care for this 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 show, and and have writers who give a shit, which they obviously don't. Um, to to do that, like I hope they do that, and 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 I hope they do that, and that is it. We don't get a Katie. Like that is Panabaker's role, and that is her only role. At, is the villain and they bring her back at the end that's fine i'm not saying kill katie but like give us some true killer frost villainy or maybe we get schwarzenegger as mr freeze walking out of there listen it's season nine of the flash why not it's, look i i look i have left nora i have found someone who makes my ice melt cool party <laughs> Nobody's putting me in the cooler. Uh, Everybody chill out. Everybody chill. <laughs> Noah, oh, killed so- the, Noah killed the Ice Age. And that was the, the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, let's get away from this as soon as possible. <laughs> I'm so glad that movie's behind us in our past. Oh, man. But will it truly ever be? No, no, I wake up nights. You ever feel like nights. Batman and Robin is just scraping at the door for us? Scraping at the door! <laughs> Things that will never truly be behind us. Oh, God. But, all right, but, but what is behind us, Ed, is this abysmal season of The Flash. We have, I'm personally hoping that we have a half a season, and it's a good half a season, and it wraps things up. And I'm saying half a season because I don't, I don't think this show can sustain a full season anymore. Yeah, give us a 5 to 10. All right, whatever. This was 20. Give us a 10-episode final nine uh, ep- season 9. Wrap it up. Um, the first 5-episode mini thing was fine. I think we enjoyed that, actually. Yeah. So, all right, so we'll give it more than 
three good episodes. There was, there was the arc thing was solid. It's also because we got to see Black Lightning. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is for sure, and and, and at least they put that up front. But it, that yeah. kind of felt to me like, hey, we're gonna start the real Flash later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like here's this mini series that we're gonna show you, and then yeah, season eight starts afterwards. All right, and no more. No more. We'll get back to the Flash whenever the heck they decide to come back, because I have a feeling it's going to be a little long. So, take um, your time, guys. We're not rushing you. <laughs> Let's get to something pretty awesome, though. Season uh, episode seven of season three of the Boys, and this one was an absolute jaw dropper, especially the ending. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to say that right off the bat, uh, Paul Reiser delivers a line that I really feel is the philosophy of this, which is to be American means knowing you're the hero. I mean, yeah, is that literally what this show is not exploring, right? Is the American vision of the hero and knowing that as an American, I am the hero. Nothing is ever, I, I know my country have never done anything wrong. We have always been the hero, and that is how our nationalism and patriotism, uh, you know, moves forward. And like how perfectly that goes in with Homelander. Yeah, that that is Homelander. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that like right off the bat, that's in the like one of the first conversations we have. <laughs> um, and yeah, this episode, man, what a ride! What a great ride! We find out some important things. Maeve is still alive being kept alive for um, breeding purposes because Homelander wants a child. Dude, he talks about ripping out her eggs and like harvest, harvesting her eggs just in case there's a chance she dies and that, so they can have a child together because the child would be perfect. Yes. And he's even like wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have problems with superheroes like my real child. Like he even like throws a shot at his son. Yeah, like, like, what an asshole, man! Like, really taking some shots here. But doesn't it kind of sound like what Storm uh, Stormfront was trying to tell him about being like the like, ultimate breed and everything? A hundred percent. Like, that's the thing is, he's rolling, he's riding with the Nazi ideology. He right? just doesn't and, want to say the word. And that's exactly what which uh, she said in that second yeah. season, right? Uh, Americans yeah. agree with Nazi ideology; they just don't like the word Nazi, and. That's what the season's about. He's feeding them that ideology in the American, you know, the a can of America, and they're loving it. Everyone's worshiping Homelander more. And yeah, the fact is he's talking about like selective breeding to get genetic superiority. It's like, yeah, this is Nazi stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we that that so I think that was cool. Um he comes, he comes to see Maeve, he's got concealer on, and she calls it out, and she's like, oh, did you get a bruise? And he's like, you know, soldier boys are a threat to all of us. And, like, she says to him, she goes, you know, with everything you just said, I know I'm going to die. This is still top three best days of my life, because I got to see you scared. Yeah. <laughs> that was cold-blooded. I love Maeve in that moment. That whole conversation between them was, was great. All their scenes together... There's not a lot of them, but they're really, really good, the two of them. They have great chemistry together. Yeah. And I'm hoping, I mean, we'll see in the finale. I'm hoping we'll get a a resolution to what this is because she's being kept captive in a pretty much a jail cell right now in Vaughn. Yeah, in in Vaughn, right? Yeah. 
Um, and no one even knows she's there. I think Starlight would try to get her out if she knew she were alive. But No, they're searching all over for her. They, no one knows where she is. I mean, some people think she's dead at this point, which you know, those who know of Homelander wouldn't be shocked if she was. I'm just assuming he killed her already. Right. Exactly. Um but yeah, so that's that wraps up the Mave stuff. I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna, I think we'll 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 save like the big stuff to last. We'll get some of the small character stuff out first. Um, so we got uh, the Deep makes an appearance with <sighs> one of the most disturbing things I've seen. Man, the Deep asks for a threesome with his wife and the octopus he's been having sex with since Herogasm. Mm-hmm. And it almost happens, Ed. It almost happens. Listen, he he it turns into a two-way deal, and she just doesn't want to have anything to do with it. It's you know, all right. So I, I spoke to Angie about this. I want to I want to get your take on this. We we've told we've agreed that the deep is the most pathetic character that there is. Yes. And uh-huh. and all of this, right? We take shots at him, and it's funny that he's a fish fucker and everything like that. And we get that's like a whole um joke with Aquaman and that's where this is that's where this is born out. But do we I want to see them do more with the deep than just make him a one line and a one note joke of fucking fish. As funny as it is, after a while, I mean don't get me wrong, he obviously starts off the show as a fucking rapist. Yes. But and that's why I get, you know, they're doing a lot of this, but I'm I just want to see what they're going to do more with him. Yeah, I want to see him because they haven't done much with him outside of the fish fucking jokes this season. Like last yeah. season, he had the cult, and yeah, the first season he was the rapist. Like the, you know, and there was always there were always these jokes, but it wasn't the main focus. And I think you're right. Now it's kind of like his marriage, and then these fucking the octopus is now a main thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I'm I'm here for it, but I'm with you. I hope that they find something more Sooner interesting to do with him. So yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm hoping that they explore the fact that he is absolutely useless without his wife because he tells her off like, "What you've been carrying me? I do everything." And it's like, God, have you been watching this show? You do nothing. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I, I hope that they in the finale they he gets exposed or something like that, or you know, this homelander keeps him around, but like just because he's like his his lapdog, right? Yeah, you know, not like like he loves noir. Homelander loves black noir. He does. He genuinely loves this man. He does, and he's very, very sad that Black Noir. I forgot we didn't even talk about this last week. Black Noir, when he finds out Soldier Boy is out, rips the tracker from his arm and goes AWOL. Oh, because he's like, listen, but well, we we find out, and you know, when when you're ready to get to it, we'll get into. No, let's, Black let's Noir. jump into it. Let let's jump into it. Yes, yes, Tim. Thank you. Go fucking fish. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the, the the great lines of this episode. Um, and I remember, I think it was the Deep's uh, girlfriend, the wife, that tells her that. And also from Tim, happy Thor's Day as well. Yes, Thor's Day. I know. Jason will be joining us on the Thor love soon. He is not able yeah, to I... see it tonight, but we're going to head there right after the show. I'm going to be seeing it in L.A., and uh, I won't be here. I won't be on the show for the when we actually do break down Thor, but I will be coming with my two cents uh, once I'm back from traveling. So if anyone hey, is are... joining... Are you going to be? Or no, I was just meant. It just popped into my head. You're going to be in LA. Are you going to be close enough to uh, Manchester Theater? I believe so. You should go there and see it. Have you ever been there? I have. Oh, okay. I, I saw 
John Q there, random Denzel Washington movie. Oh, nice. And it nice. was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience, dude. You should go definitely go fucking see it there. I'm going to check it out. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to get my uh, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law, try to get a whole bunch of people to come with me uh, to see it. So, yeah, maybe we'll make a day of it and, like, go down to Man Chinese Theater and see it. Oh, my God. Tim is on fire. He must. I think Tim or something. Tim Whoa! must have married Kamala Khan when she's legal, so she'd be Kamala on <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, boy. that is good. a james bond girl name if i've ever heard one. Oh, absolutely my name is, my name is kamala tabala <laughs> um all right so let's get into black noir's situation yeah. in, uh in this episode so black Noir's on the run and we don't we didn't find out last season we last episode we kind of just like yeah everyone's afraid of soldier boy but Blackmore goes to this old Chuck E. Cheese-style restaurant that apparently he goes to when he needs comfort. We find out a lot about Black Noir today uh, in this episode. A lot I didn't expect. So he was apparently really, really traumatized as a kid to the point where he had a break in reality and started to hallucinate the cartoon avatars of these characters from this like Chuck E. Cheese type thing. So there's like, um, you know, a hawk and there's a, a badger and I didn't, I didn't list down all of the different animals, a rabbit, but it's like, it's like Warner Brothers stuff or you know, it's more Disney stuff, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you get his whole backstory about why he's terrified of Black Noir. Um, uh, he's terrified of Soldier Boy and why he, you know, was because you find that he's the one who put the plan in place. He's the one who got Vault to sign off on it. Like, and it's kind of brilliant because you see all of this done bloodily and violently, but by the cartoons. Yeah, it's the whole thing is completely this, the takedown of Soldier Boy. Uh, is completely done in animated style and animated form through and it's showing his memories, which I thought was genius. I did too. Like at first I was like, oh, maybe they've gone too far. Cartoons, what the fuck? And then when I saw the way it was used, can I tell you I was so engrossed by what they were doing, I didn't actually clock that his friends were playing these roles in these like it was performative for him. I didn't even clock that until the end when I was like that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was, I mean, you find out how much deep trauma Black Noir is, is dealt with, and he's pretty much petrified of Soldier Boy, which is why he ripped the, the tracker out, the Vought tracker out of his arm. I mean, right in the fucking elevator next to a woman. Mm -hmm. No hesitation, just rips it out, and he just is on the run because he hears that Soldier Boy is still alive, and this is him, like, being scared and trying to deal with he has to face his bully essentially but like bully in the sense that fucking soldier boy beat him to a pulp remember we oh, saw yeah. him a couple episodes ago uh when he were there in nicaragua and he's like half bloodied and stuff and like why he can't talk and why he wears the mask now but we never saw why we assumed it happened in the war and the battle yeah we find that it was fucking soldier boy beating the living shit out of yeah. him and like burning his face uh, on like what a car, right? Like a car engine or something like uh -huh. and, and it was all because he comes and he was like, he wanted this. I thought was great. I wrote this down. I, I, I'm glad I remembered it. i looking at my notes. His dream role was Beverly Hills cop. It was the role he was born for. And fucking soldier boy openly sabotages it. And when he calls him on it, he 
beats him to a bloody pulp, disfiguring him and everything, just pretty much making him subservient. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's why he wants re- not revenge. I don't think it's revenge. I think you know Soldier Boy is kind of worse than Homelander in a lot of ways. Like in his attitude, the way he treats people. Like I think Homelander, Homelander can't treat people as violently as he wants to because then he would kill everyone and that would ruin his numbers mm-hmm. because he's so goddamn powerful. But like you know. So, like, we see Homelander do stuff like this with, like, remember the deaf superhero? Yeah, the Daredevil. Yeah. Right. And he just, like, you know, fucks with, fucks him up. But, like, he he can't do that to, like, the Seven. Because if he did that to the Deep, he would simply kill him. But Soldier Boy can, because Soldier Boy is not as powerful as Homelander. I mean, he is, but he isn't. And uh, so I just think that's interesting. Like, we kind of get a sense of, like, no, no, no. He was Homelander, but worse, even though he wasn't as powerful. I also think it's because they were they were the top bought hero at different times. Like remember, Homeland is doing this when cell phones exist, the internet exists, yes, everything right. else, and he's so locked into his image, right? Like that's his obsession there, which he talked about a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Soldier Boy, I think, was able to get away with a lot of shit because no one would ever know about it, and that was that. Right. No, that's, that's also I, that's true. That's I mean, I think it is. You're right. You're right. And that's you're actually also, no, you raise beginning. a good point too. Yeah, you raise a good point too, though. That you know, you're right. Homelander, if you just sort of lasering people's fucking faces off, you know, and everyone see it and you kill them in two seconds. Right. Exactly. But but you, but there is that point too where you find out uh, with Soldier Boy, like he didn't really storm D Day. He got there two weeks later for the press op, but the press made it look mm-hmm. like it. And and so yeah, right with cell phones, world of cell phones, you couldn't do that kind of stuff you'd have to do different stuff um yeah but yeah but i black noir man you find out so much about him and then i love these animals going well you know you're gonna have to go face your bully well you knew that you'd have to face him the moment you knew he you knew he'd come back you didn't kill him and it's like wow <laughs> just the fact that these disney characters are bashfully telling this guy you have to go go back in there and kill him it's like this is so <laughs> sick and i love it oh <laughs> uh... And um, and another thing too is with the actual boys because I think before we get to the big reveal at the end, is what's going oh, yeah. on with the boys themselves though is the big thing about the V, the V twenty four is slowly killing them and you know Starlight finds out about this and is mm-hmm. extremely worried about Butcher and, and mainly Huey as well not as much yeah Butcher, she's not but worried about Butcher at all no not really <laughs> but then they're just kind of like well. You know, like you got three to five times to take it. They've obviously taken it more than that. And oh, yeah, they know that the big showdown is coming. So Butcher pretty much bullshits about it and is trying to get Huey to be like, all right, fuck it, let's go. We got some more. We're going to go try to head, go ahead and get to this final battle, but it might kill them. But Butcher is so obsessed with killing Homelander and finishing this, he doesn't give a fuck. And I think it's it says a lot. So let we'll get into like the main thing now, right? I think the, we've hit most of the the side character stuff. We can sweep up some stuff at the end. But uh, you know, the main thing is Butcher, Huey, and Soldier Boy, who's a granny shagger. It's official. We find that out. He's having sex with two grannies when we meet him. Uh, and then he said he says something like, uh, they're, "They're like fine wine, but you need a they get dry. You need some lube." And I'm like, oh, Jesus, that guy is so good who plays Soldier Boy. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. He's pretty great. But so, 
they're going after Doctor, um, not Doctor. They're going after Mind Sweep, right? Or Mindstorm. And Mindstorm's thing is, if he looks you in the eye, he pretty much just traps you in a nightmare of your own memories, right? And so he gets Butcher and traps him in a nightmare of his own memories. And Butcher literally gets trapped in the cycle of taking the abuse from his abusive father to save his brother, slowly becoming to re- coming to resent his brother, and then leaving his brother where he kills himself, right? His brother winds up killing himself because he can't live there. And we, we did know this because we did see um, Denethor. The guy who played Denethor, that's how I always think of him, uh, <laughs> even though he's been in a million things. Uh, but his dad, like, we had that stuff between the, those two a couple seasons ago. But you actually see him like make the connection between Huey and his brother, and he's yelling at himself, "No, you, you can't stay there and 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 save your brother." And he makes the connection of Huey as his brother, and that's why it was still it was so powerful and and so fucked up. When at the end, when he has the information, yes, this is going to kill them. He still goes, "No, Huey, we got a job to do. I'm not even going to tell you the reality of it," because it's like. You just in your own nightmare realize what you were doing and you're still making the same wrong choices. So, all right, I want to talk about that. The, do you think, because I, I agree with you, the timing of it obviously wasn't a mistake and, and we just saw Butcher. So the one way you can look at this as Butcher is still lying to Huey and saying, fuck this, even though I just went through this trauma, I've been reminded of all of it and uh, we're still going to go through with it. Or... You think he's going to last second let Huey on and then kind of like do what he did with Mother's Milk and sabotage him so he's not, you know, doing it at the end and doesn't let him take the V at the end. Because I, I personally I, think this whole storyline is leading to them having to make the choice between continuing this or taking V permanently. Oh yeah, okay. I, I think that. that's the choice that, that's coming that's coming down to it. So do you, do you think you think like Huey's going to wind up taking a permanent dose of V if not because he can't take another temp one or something? I think he could, or I think Butcher's going to do some bait and switch and not let him power up again, and he's going to power up saying "fuck it," I'm going to go ahead and take the bullet for us, and because he knows Huey's like right there with him and wants to impress him and wants to succeed and help out, and you know Huey's talked about it throughout the season where he feels like he's useless, you know, without right. the V. So I have a feeling he's going to do some sort of switch and take the V himself and, you know, kind of like trap Huey somewhere so he can go ahead and he doesn't care what's going to happen to him. I I think it's led to look like he doesn't give a shit, but I think there's going to be a switch where Butcher does his conscience kicks in at the last second. I'll tell you something. Any other show, I'd be like 100%. This show, I don't know. Oh, I'm not (laughs) sure of it because it's this show. I hope you're right, though. I hope that's where it's going because I want – I like the character of Butcher, and I, I think if he sacrifices or attempts to sacrifice Huey in any real way, he's beyond redemption. Yeah, I agree. Knowing I, I, what he knows about his relationship with Huey, so I'm hoping that he does make the hero's choice and sort of, you know, doesn't and doesn't put Huey in danger, uh, because I like that character. Yeah, but I, I do ultimately think that the decision, the dilemma they're going to have to face in the finale tomorrow is going to be, do we take V permanently, you know, to be able to fight these fucking guys? Because they're not going to be able to kill Homelander. That's not going to happen. Right. And, 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 especially, and especially that they're going to team up, which the which, end kind of, you know, hints at. All right, so I guess we're there. 
let's the, the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Um, go for it. All right. So uh, we get so Soldier Boy kills uh, Mindstorm, even though Huey was going to save him, and he you know did live up to his end of the bargain by bringing uh, Butcher out. He gets one of the most brutal knives to the eye I have ever seen. Uh, and that's Soldier Boy. Take the eyes out. You can't see me, right? Soldier Boy then takes him and he's and he's interrogating him and he says something and he flips out and he beats just beats his face in. And then the reveal is what he said to him apparently is Homelander was made from his genetics. Homelander is Soldier Boy's son. Uh, and he calls Soldier Boy calls Homelander. He's like, look, uh, that was before I knew the reality, but they wanted Vaught wanted to get rid of me so they could put you in the limelight. I mean, hell, any good father would step step aside to the light for his son. It's like, oh no, this changes everything because now you've got two of the most powerful, dangerous psychopaths on earth gunning for you. <laughs> so, another, sorry. So another thing, yeah. So we find that out. Do you think they team up, or do you think? Because I was trying to, I, I was thinking about this a lot. The characters themselves, Homelander, being so wanting of family, so like yearning for it ultimately, and everything like that. And that whole dilemma he's had with like in the mirror a couple episodes ago. That can be something that's there. Does he like go for Soldier Boy being his father, and or does Soldier Boy trying to lure him in just doesn't give a fuck and wants to for his own ego? take him the fuck down and lower his guard so he can kill him. That's like, that's, a, that's where I'm on the fence at. I don't know soldier boys motives. Uh, I think it could go either way. I don't like, he could have literally made that up if he wanted to. Like if he, like if his MO was to draw Homelander out, like even after him and Homelander fought, like, he wasn't like, oh, no, I'm going to go put Homelander down. He's still like, no, I got to take my team out. Fuck that guy. We'll get to that guy when we get to that guy. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't like, nothing struck me as he was gunning to put Homelander down. So if this is just a way for him to get him out in the open and then just ambush him, I'm going to need a bit more, like, explanation about why. Because Homelander was not as big on his radar even in this episode up until he got that information. So why then all of a sudden use it because I've got to kill him. Like now I want to kill you because you're my son. Like I, I yeah. don't, I don't know. It, 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 I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying it would have to be handled correctly, which the show could. Yeah. Or I mean, because the alternative of them teaming up, whoo, that, then I think that would maybe force the dilemma of the, of the boys having to take compound V to just pretty much stay alive because otherwise they're dead. Yeah. I think it does two things. It forces them to take the compound V permanently, like you said. And that's been set up in this episode because Kamiko does it, right? Kamiko gets her powers back, and, and which actually leads to a delightful takedown, Starlight takedown of, uh, of Homelander, where he's like, this is how it's going to be, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And, and she threatens him, and she's like, yeah, you've been live streaming. So I'll see you later. <laughs> like that, that was great. But like it, she, the fact that it's set up that no, you can't. She they can get their hands on this permanent V, and it will work in the similar ways. Like it will bring out these powers. So yeah, I think they are setting that up, and I think I think it does that, and I think it also forces uh, some of the seven who are not necessarily good guys to bend with the 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 boys. Like 
Black Noir is going to have to play a big part in this next episode. He has to with the setup they gave him. Yeah. He's going to need allies. He's. I will be surprised if he does not team up with with the boys. Um, a Train, who we find out, I, I we, it was a blink and you miss it thing. We find out A Train got Black Hawk's heart or whatever Street Hawk, whatever that yeah. fucking racist Black name Hawk. is. Uh, um, Blue Hawk. Blue Hawk uh, got his heart after brutally murdering him, and it was blamed on Soldier Boy. Um, and of course, I got the the idea of that that Bob Hoskins Denzel Washington movie in the eighties, heart condition. It's <laughs> <laughs> dead. <laughs> Wow, I haven't um, thought about that in years. Holy shit. I didn't either until I saw this. I went, oh shit, hard condition. But um, so I think, it, but I, you know, they're pushing this agenda on a train of like, no, 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 we're gonna have a movie where this white guy uh, trained you, and he's like, no, my brother trained me. No, not anymore. He didn't. So I, I think, I think a train might have a moment where he's gonna join them. Like, I think they're setting, they're setting the board where the seven and other soups are going to have to stand against Homelander and Soldier Boy simply because it's all of their lives on the line. You know what I mean? So that's my, th- that's my theory. No, no, that's pretty good. That's, that's a, that's a really good one. So, you know, I mean, this could go any which way right now of all the theories we've thrown out there and we'll all find out tomorrow because the finale is tomorrow. It's, it's amazing. Like this is already, it's already here. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be watching that before I fly out. Cause I won't be talking about it, but I'm still, I still want to watch it and like know what happens. Like, Oh, dude, you also have a long enough flight. I mean, shit, you could probably rewatch the whole season at this point. (laughs) That's true, actually. Good point. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and and keep it rolling on here to our big moment here. Uh, We got Miss Marvel, episode five. The uh, finale, again, just finales all over the place, drops next Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. But we got episode five yesterday. Um which we talked about. I actually did a rewatch after we, we texted about it. So mm-hmm. it just seems like I still agree. There's a lot of cool things that happen in the first half of this episode, but it's mainly just a visual uh, representation of what we heard. These characters talk about this story already, but there's a twist at the end of it. So when I'm understanding, they give a very, and I, we've talked about this, we're not very sharp on our history uh, the historical history of India, you know, and the partition right. and everything like that. But apparently it does give a whole opening is based on that. And it shows, and from I understand, it's pretty it's pretty darn accurate. So that's cool to see that the showrunners did their homework with this. Um, and then it goes to 1942, where, you know, the British are occupying, you know, uh, India, where they're going ahead and um, the partition is taking place. So then we meet Isha, Aisha, who you know, is Kamala's great-grandmother, who we've heard the story about and everything throughout the time, you know. So we, we've heard about that. She pretty much meets her, you know, Kamala's Nani's father there. And they have a cool, they have a lot of cool, nice moments there. And then goes on, she's pregnant, and then they learn each other's names, and it's sweet, and there's the meat cute and everything, and that that's cool. But then uh, Negma finds her way and then we find that she goes out and tracks down Aisha and wants the bangle, you know, because that's pretty much her whole thing. So she's a clandestine as well from from another universe that's here. Uh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, I got to drop in this one. 
Tim yeah. Tabala, all my knowledge of India comes from the Temple of Doom. I should probably study. Tim, I I'm going to say something. There's a scene at the end of this episode that was very Temple of Doom for me. There was. When they were trying to go through the rift, at the end, the people are turning into skulls. <laughs> yeah. and like that. It definitely, I thought it was. Um, so, yes, they pretty much want the Bengals to return home. And then Aisha goes ahead and gets, they fast forward. She's going and taking her train, her family to the train and they're trying to escape, which is what the story we've heard about that Kamala and her grandmother and, every, and her mother has taken. And then um, she gets stabbed. Nagma goes ahead and stabs her and kills her. And as she's like dying, she has the bangle on her on her wrist and calls to Kamala, which is the part we didn't really get a lot of. That's the part that was the twist that we didn't really know. That we heard about the story about how her grandmother, her, her, her nani, was going ahead and got back to the train and got back to her father through this trail of like glowing diamonds and everything like that. The twist is we didn't know Kamala was the one who did that. And actually was the one who rescued her, which I thought was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool twist I didn't see coming. I thought Aisha was going to be the one who did that, and she was just like the 1942 Miss Marvel, essentially. But not exactly. So Kamala's there. And it was interesting because um, Negma uses the dagger, the same dagger that she hit the bangle with when they were in, in the current time that transported Kamala back. And she pretty much uses it again to stab her. So I thought maybe there's a connection there of why she was able to call to Kamala and have her time travel to to save her. So she pretty much rescues her grandmother and gets her there through the her abilities and shiny and everything like that. That's why she said it was like diamonds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I thought that was an interesting twist. And that's a really cool theory. I didn't think about that. Um, I think my, my thing about the first half of this episode is as you said like it's it's 20 it's 20 to tw i think it's 22 minutes to get to the point where we get the twist that kamala was the one who saved uh her grandmother um and sorry it's a cool twist but i just don't know if we and and i and i want to be clear i liked the scenes in the 20 minutes leading up to it i thought the history of the family that was all interesting seeing that portrayed but Outside of the one moment of Kamala actually time traveled and helped her grandmother, none of that was new information. And, and as cool as it was to see, I, I I felt that like the show kind of took a dead stop for 20 minutes to set up, hey, Kamala can time travel and she's actually the one who did this. Where whereas I think if they were gonna do that, there needed to be something different. Like we okay, all of the stories we've heard, we saw. Okay, that. But this, as someone who pays attention, uh, I didn't actually need to see that because I knew all that information. So, yeah. like, had had maybe Kamala been time traveling or got caught up or or was I or I don't know was it's maybe was viewing the family and having some reaction and, and just adding something to the story we already knew. I would have been okay with it, but I I just felt like that those twenty minutes. It's just like okay, let's stop for this history lesson in Kamala's. Uh, family that you already know. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I think that would be my critique of this episode as well. It's the shortest episode of the season, and it's the second to the finale. So unless there's something right. big, which there were some reveals we'll get to in a second, which will probably pay off in the finale, but I agree. The first 22 minutes of the episode 
probably didn't need a lot of that unless there's a big payoff that we're just not seeing because it's not right. something that's very obvious at the moment. Right. But she and, does. And if, no. if there is, I'll stand corrected. You know what I mean? If, if it adds to the bigger thing, but I just, as it stood for this episode, it was, I felt it kind of slowed it down. Yeah. And Aisha goes ahead and she does quote something to get Kamala to come back. She says, quote, um, what you seek is seeking you. And it's something her husband said to her, and it seems to be the thing, and that's what drew her back, and looks like that's what transported Kamala as she was having her battle on present day at the end of the last episode. Uh, but Kamala goes ahead and saves her, her grandmother with her powers, and that's how the story is told. And when she comes back to current time, she reassures her, her nanny there, and they're like, hey, you were right. You weren't crazy this whole time. Everyone was banishing you and laughing at you in all these years, but you were right. And it turns out I was the one that was there. Like everything all gets revealed. You know, her mother finds out that right. she is the one oh, who yes. has these powers and stuff. And I thought that was a cool moment. See, that the cooler nice moments moment. for me were in the present day again. And I think yeah. also the first 22 minutes not having Kamala. And we've both said that Kamala, the actress that, that plays Kamala Khan, is the one who carries this. So stripping her away for the first 22 minutes, I guess that's what kind of took some of the. Yeah, you know, the into it, out of it because she's not really in the episode all that much. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I wish there was some way to maybe use those first 20 minutes and sort of have it be a B, a B plot to the A plot of something going on in the present with Kamala. Yeah. And then we see her being taken in real time. You know what I mean? Like, because I know we saw mm -hmm. her disappear at the end of the last episode, but like, I don't know. I just think if they structured it differently, it could have worked better. Because you're right. I think that was my thing. I had 22 minutes without the titular. Uh, Ms. Marvel, and that's a big problem when I find that she is the most entertaining and charismatic person to watch in this, you know. And then, yeah. and then, and then it's not even like we got side characters that we knew, like it was just her, a bunch of her family actors we'd never met before, yeah. And and we, we've said we enjoy the cast of the show, like this show's been oh, wonderful, yeah, for sure. but for sure. You still need her to. She's the straw that serves the drink, essentially, with like this whole thing. Right, and if you're not going to have her, then you need uh, the like you need her friend, or you need her cousin, uh, or you need her dad, or her mom, or like you need mm -hmm. characters we care about because we care conceptually about her family uh, during the partition, but we don't. We haven't spent any time with them except for this episode. So yeah. I, I just think that that was a misstep. Agreed. Uh, but then when they come back to current day, Kamala is there and the veil opens to get the clandestines back to their, their universe and everything like that. And as they're trying to go through, one of them goes out and runs through there. And this is the part that I thought was reminiscent of the Temple of Doom, where she goes ahead and like turns to like stone and then ash and then like bones and just falls apart. And then Negma does the same thing. She's like, no, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And Kamala's having this whole thing like, hey, you can't leave Cameron behind. Like, you can't ditch him. And she's like, no, I can close it. I can do this. But then she calls to Cameron at the last second before she's going to die, and it looks like her powers or her essence or whatever goes and finds him, and it looks like he's now powered with her abilities or whatever because you clearly sees that. And from you know, from my understanding, this is him. His powers appear to be comics accurate now, even though in the comics he's also an inhuman as well so that's pretty much the big payoff right there uh so yeah we mentioned kamala's mother learns about her powers she knows everything that's that's going on now but not the old parent in the dark 
superhero trope where they don't know anything. It's like, no, they, maybe they should know, so you can't seem like they're just all idiots and don't know anything. Um, and then Kamala talks with the uh, the dude from the, the Red Dagger thing and takes off his mask and gives it to her, which clearly is going to be part of her costume that she's going to ultimately make, which we did predict a couple episodes ago we were going to yep. see her in the finale with, so you can see the yeah. pieces are coming together. Even Kamala's yeah. mother finds the broken, uh, yeah, the broken chain that has the lightning bolt that's going to be on her or the front of her costume and everything like that. So another thing, these are all little Easter eggs that are there. And then they have this cool moment where Kamala is learning about why her mother also went to America and apparently was chasing was Bon Jovi. And she was like, well, why didn't I know about any of this? So like, she's never, you never asked. And it was, and then even the grandmother's like, I should have, you know, she's like, and no, I'm sorry. Kamala's mother tells Kamala that she goes ahead and was like, I should have held on tighter. And that's why, you know, I don't really know anything about you. But then the grandmother's like, you know, I should have held on tighter. And then they kind of just have a big hugging moment, realizing that, you know, something it's, it's all right. You know, we've all learned about things. We all, everything's in the open now. We're good to go. Um, yeah, so also Cameron, the closing scene in this is Cameron seeks out Bruno, finds Bruno in his apartment. They have this quick conversation about there. Cameron admits that he doesn't know Bruno's name, that he thought it was Brian the whole time, and that's that. And then a drone from uh, Damage Control is going ahead and tracking them down, locks in. Cameron fights the drone. The drone goes ahead and destroys Circle Q, which is downstairs. And that's pretty much how this episode wraps up. Finn, what's up? Hi, buddy. Oh, you shy? Okay. He's like, nope. Um, I'm done. You shy? Sorry about that. As I said, they're doing construction in my apartment, and he he went only went down. He was only sleeping forty minutes, not even or we no about an hour. Uh, but they were banging right by his window, so he's awake. So I I get it. It would it would wake me up soon. Yeah, (laughs) it's all good. But um. I actually, I like that ending. I thought the ending was really cool. I like that Cameron, because I like that guy. I like the actor, I like the character. I didn't realize he was com- he was a comic book from the comics. But um, I like him going to her friend, right? Um, Bruno, Bruno. And having that moment of, uh, let's start over. I'm Cameron. And he's like, I'm Bruno. And he goes, I genuinely thought your name was Brian this whole time. <laughs> like, I thought that was such a cool moment. I like that moment. Yeah, no, he felt he felt pretty bad. Uh, but then we know, like I was just mentioning, damage control was was chasing him down and tracking him, and that's where we get into. So I guess damage control is going to be the overarching uh, villain in this season. Yes, yeah, which I get they set up. I mean, I yeah, it's not out of yeah. out of left field. Not out of left field. All right, so yeah, we got the finale coming uh, next Wednesday. So we'll be back to to talk about that and to break that down next week. I uh, wanted to get to a quick question here before we wrap this episode up from uh, whoop, trying a moment here, trying to get to our comment section. Here we go. A comment from Andy. Andy, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, when is the boys season three, episode eight released tomorrow? It releases this Thursday afternoon. Yeah. The boys releases on Friday. So you'll be able to check out the finale tomorrow and then come check us out next week. When we break down the finale, uh, apparently Rick Cedres, our, our buddy, will be subbing in. Nice. Jason. Jason will be on vacation in bright, sunny L.A. So, uh, yeah, me and Rick will, will be talking about the season 
uh, eight, uh, I'm sorry, the season three finale of The Boys. And when Jason gets back, we are gonna we do want to hear his thoughts about you know what was missed during his his time here. So. Oh, we'll we'll be re- looking. Remember when we were doing uh, catch up when I was doing catch yep. up and I had that little segment. We we're gonna revive that segment just this once. Yeah, why not? I mean, I think it's it's, it's gonna be a fun. I'm looking forward to hearing the thoughts. So. All right, so that pretty much wraps up this episode of Granny's PhD. Thanks for joining us again. Whether then, if you are joining us on Facebook, go ahead and join our Facebook group in uh, Granny's PhD. Go ahead and drop and we share a bunch of articles and comments and fun conversation that we have on a daily basis that don't make the show. I uh, join Pop Culture Pros group as well. A lot of fun stuff going on there. Uh, YouTube, hit subscribe where you're watching now. Subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. Twitter. Follow Pop Culture Bros as well. And if you found us on Instagram or wherever you find your podcast, Apple iTunes or Spotify, hit subscribe for Pop Culture Bros. We got a bunch of cool stuff on the network. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about Thor, Love, and Thunder, which I'll be going ahead and checking out. Me and Rick are both actually going to see it at around 3.30 this afternoon, one in Florida and one in New York. So that'll be fun to check that out. Uh, we'll be talking about the season eight finale. I'm sorry, I keep saying season eight. Episode eight, season three finale of The Boys. And we'll also be talking about the, se- the season finale of Miss Marvel. So pretty packed episode next week we'll have. So we'll we'll talk about that. Um, Double O Deep Dive, I know it's on hiatus right now, but you will be kicking off the Sean Connery, the last Absolutely. leg of this. Absolutely, the last leg of the longest franchise we're going to dive into uh, but yeah, we're on hiatus till August, first Monday in August. We're going to be back with the very first uh, episode, episode, the very first James Bond movie, Doctor No, uh, with Sean Connery. And actually, I'm going to be using these two weeks while I'm away to catch up on my uh, my listening to these books. So uh, Ed, Ed, Eric, and Ginny always get the weirdest texts from me, group texts, like when I come across some weird stuff in these books. So uh, look forward to that, Ed, because I'll be then I'll be sharing them out on the show. When we get I back. think it's great. I think it's great. Um, yeah, if you're into baseball, you can go ahead and if you're a Yankees fan, check out the Empire 161 show with myself and Lisa Garcia. We'll be back Sunday night with our latest episode talking about Yankees Red Sox uh, series that's taking place and Pitts and the Yankees and uh, Pirates that took place. So check that out. If you're the Mets are your thing, check out the Put in the Book show with Farachi and Rodriguez and Keith as they break down the New York Mets each week. Uh, if you're into wrestling, Check out Tim and Eric on the Just Too Sweet show. They cover wrestling on Tuesday nights. Uh, if you want more Tim and Eric on Friday nights, we got the A to Z show. Jason, what do they cover? I, uh, I think they cover everything from Amber Heard to the Zodiac Killer. Wow. Madness. All pure madness there is what they cover <laughs> on that show. That's right. <laughs> so you can go ahead and check that out. Uh, if Star Wars is your jam and you want more Tim, Check out Shooting the Sith as he covers uh, everything all related to Star Wars on Shooting the Sith. Uh, Disney uh, Disney parks are your thing. Check out Ashley and Gabby on uh, Skyliner Views. They're usually on Thursday night. And there's also, uh, I think it's Don Owens as our new show on the network too called Am I on the Air? Checks out and covers a bunch of entertainment stuff, some of the stuff we cover as well. So you can get another take on some of this cool stuff that we get to cover as well. So Jason, enjoy your vacation, my friend. Must Thank deserved. you. Appreciate that. And uh, you know, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. All right. Peace. Peace.